Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our podcast for Sunday, the 10th of May. For those of you who don't recognise my voice, I'm Elaine Leck. I usually worship at All Saints Sanderstead, but I do count it as a privilege to be your guest speaker today for this service of reflection on the 75th anniversary of Victory in Europe Day. During the service, Paul Hollingham and Monica Carley will be joining me. If I were with you in person, the first thing I would do is light a candle to remind us that Jesus is the light of the world, bringing light into the darkness of this world and reminding us of his presence with us. Imagine I'm striking a match. Imagine next the wick of the candle being lit and take a moment to gaze upon the flickering flame. Sense the peace that Jesus brought to the disciples after his resurrection, that same peace which he gives us today in the midst of the turmoil in our world. Be still, for the presence of the Lord, the Holy One, is here. Come, bow before him now with reverence and fear. In him no sin is found, we stand on holy ground. Be still, for the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy One, is here. Paul will now read Psalm 46, in which we will find familiar and comforting words and promises. And then I'll pray. Psalm 46 God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Thank you for bringing us to the beginning of another day. As we remember today the end of the war in Europe in 1945, we are reminded that just as we are living in troubled and strange times, those were troubled and uncertain times too. Equally, your chosen people, the Israelites, lived through years of slavery, wanderings and exile. Yet in this psalm we have these promises. You are our refuge and strength. You are an ever-present help in trouble. Because of these things, we will not fear, although many strange situations may occur. We thank you that you are the Lord Almighty and that you are with us. We thank you that you are our fortress. And if we take time to be still, 
from the safety of that fortress we can witness your sovereignty and creation and get to know you, our God. Be with us today as we remember and reflect. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we've come together today to remember. To remember that 75 years ago this weekend, the war in Europe came to an end after six years of conflict. Victory in Europe Day marked the formal acceptance by the Allies of World War II of Nazi Germany's unconditional surrender of its armed forces. Throughout the length and breadth of the United Kingdom, people celebrated the end of the European part of the war. In London, crowds gathered in Piccadilly Circus, Trafalgar Square, the Mall, and in front of Buckingham Palace. King George VI and Queen Elizabeth, accompanied by Prime Minister Winston Churchill, appeared on the balcony of the palace. But in world terms, it was an incomplete victory, as the conflict with Japan was yet to be concluded. Whilst many listening today are probably considerably less than 75 years of age, we are blessed to still have in this congregation and neighbourhood men and women who do recall these days, and who were active in different ways during that period. For some it was a turbulent childhood, with perhaps evacuation to other parts of the country, far from family and familiarity. For others it was serving one's country in one way or another, either at home or overseas. Most people experienced the extremes of life and loss, and many live even today with often unspoken painful memories and recall the legacy of both good and bad memories that characterised that period in our history. So during the course of this service and through our prayers and poetry, silence and reflection, I'd like to ponder three questions. Why should we remember and continue to remember? What should we remember? And how should we remember? At the end of January, I watched the commemorations for Holocaust Memorial Day. It was this event that first prompted these th questions. Why should we remember? What should we remember? And how should we remember? Then towards the middle of February, I started thinking about preparing for today's service. On the television, I saw the coverage of the 75th anniversary of the bombing of Dresden by the combined British and American Air Forces. I was stunned by the statistics, the number of bombs dropped, the acres of land destroyed, the number of people killed and injured in Dresden itself, the aircraft and crew lost. Apparently even Churchill was shocked by the degree of destruction and no doubt controversy still surrounds this event. But in the late 1950s, it was the people and city of Coventry who recognised that the city and people of Dresden had suffered a similar fate to itself. The two cities agreed to work together for reconciliation and understanding among their people. That work continues even today. In Coventry, the cathedral was all but flattened, and when the decision was taken to build a new cathedral to the glory of God, adjacent to the damaged cathedral, the juxtaposition of old and damaged, with brand new and futuristic, could not have been more stark. The Coventry Litany of Reconciliation 
was written by Canon Joseph Poole in 1958. It is still prayed at noon each weekday in the new cathedral and in the ruins of the old cathedral on Fridays. It is also prayed by members of the Community of the Cross of Nails Reconciliation Fellowship around the world. While it is framed around the seven deadly sins, it serves as a reminder that when we pray about the problems of the world around us, we need to begin by acknowledging that the roots of those problems are in our own hearts. I invite you to join with me in this litany. I'll say each sentence, then I invite you to respond with the words, Father, forgive. There will then be a short pause while we ponder each sentence. It begins and ends with a, with a verse of scripture. The Coventry Litany of Reconciliation. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The hatred which divides nation from nation, race from race, class from class, Father, forgive. The covetous desires of peoples and nations to possess what is not their own. Father, forgive. The greed which exploits the work of human hands and lays waste the earth. Father, forgive. Our envy of the welfare and happiness of others. Father, forgive. Our indifference to the plight of the imprisoned, the homeless, the refugee. Father, forgive. The lust which dishonours the bodies of men, women and children. Father, forgive. The pride which leads us to trust in ourselves and not in God. Father, forgive. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Amen. You are blessed in this church community by having people who remember those days in the 1940s, and several of you have con kindly contributed items for the May magazine, and this edition will provide readers both now and in the future with a unique record of the personal memories. For today, Monica Carley has written a poem which she has entitled VE Day 75th Anniversary Celebrations. A poem for the 75th anniversary of VE Day. Across the muddy fields they tramped, in rat-run trenches hid then charged into the blazing guns whenever they were bid. 
High in the skies, beneath the waves, in scorching desert's heat, so many brave men gave their all, till victory was complete. Six years endured through blood and toil and very many tears, until at last the peace was signed to bring an end to fears. Though refugees trek endlessly, six million Jews are dead, there's victory in Europe and that cannot be gainsaid. Our cities bombed, our brave men lost, our children fatherless, so many spirits broken in the grip of mental stress. Still, we've victory in Europe, and that is a thought to please. And soon they'll drop some atom bombs and kill the Japanese. Such shaming, cruel deeds demand we find a better way. When brotherhood and love become the order of the day, when caring for your neighbour is what makes a nation great, then it's victory for Jesus. What a day to celebrate. Thank you, Monica. And now let us turn to God's word. There were many possibilities for Bible readings today, but I've chosen this reading from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, which will be read by Paul. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, entitled, A Time for Everything. There is a time for everything, and a season of every activity under heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to uproot. A time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to tear down, and a time to build. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain. A time to search, and a time to give up. A time to keep, and a time to throw away. A time to tear, and a time to mend. A time to be silent, and a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate. A time for war, and a time for peace. So a reminder of our questions. Why should we remember? and continue to remember? What should we remember and how should we remember? These are hard questions and there are no easy answers. And there is no single answer to each of these questions. Many volumes have been written and many speeches made about the rights and wrongs of war and peace. Impassioned debate from all sides persists today and maybe it is just not possible for there to be consensus. We have the benefit of 75 years of hindsight. Today we look at VE Day in May 1945 from the viewpoint of May 2020. There may not have been a third world war in this period, but we've certainly observed conflicts throughout the world. Korea, Vietnam, Bosnia, to name but three. We've seen the comings and goings of dictators from both left and right-wing political regimes and ideologies. 
We've seen refugees on the move, famine, persecution, genocide, the list goes on. Have these been peaceful times? Why should we remember and continue to remember? Because we should not forget. Aren't we supposed to learn the lessons from history so that repetitive patterns are not repeated? But do we? Have we? What should we remember? This weekend, because of coronavirus, we have been deprived of many events that would have been held by way of commemoration. Some of us would have been thrilled with pageantry. Some of us may have flinched as only certain aspects of that victory are recalled. Yes, victory in Europe was achieved, and certainly Europe is, even today, a very different place from what it was in the 1930s. We can remember the heroism of men and women who served their nations, the comradeship and friendships of being on the same side and of shared experiences. But alongside those things, many people paid the ultimate price of giving up their lives. And many others lived for many years with painful memories, as well as physical and mental suffering. I suspect barely a single person or family escaped the turmoil of life, the pain and agony of loss, the losses of home, family members, liberty, as well as the witnessing of sights and sounds that no one should ever have to see or hear. For many, the war didn't finish in 1945. But there has been peace. Has there? How should we remember? Triumph, victory, remorse, humility. With this question, and indeed with the previous questions, the answer is likely to be different for each one of us. We will all have been shaped by our upbringing, our families, our education, our involvement, or not, in the political life of our country, our work life, our health, our losses, our gains, and indeed, maybe even our rebellion against each of these. Maybe each one of us just has to work out for ourselves the why, the what and the how. A supplementary question. How do we make decisions? You know, big as well as small decisions in life. Sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes there is no choice. But I would suggest that we weigh up the pros and cons. We look at the evidence. We talk to people who we think will help us towards making the right decision. We may pray and seek God's guidance and listen to our inner voice. But ultimately, we make a decision at a point in time with only certain facts, figures and information. A year before or a year later, one might not make the same decision. The men and women of our world were challenged back in 1939 and throughout the Second World War and since then too. They had to make their decisions whether to serve their country, in what capacity they would serve, or whether to observe life principles which may have been different. Remember, we have 75 years of hindsight, we have 2020 vision. Let us be slow to judge. What decision would we, would I, have taken? As Christians, remembering is at the heart of our faith. 
As we share in the bread and wine of the Holy Communion, we hear the words of Jesus himself, do this in remembrance of me. Similarly, our Jewish friends continue to remember the Passover, in which they recall their deliverance from the powers of darkness in Egypt and the promise of a promised land. By retelling the story, whether that be the Eucharist or the Passover, it becomes real and alive in the present and encourages and directs us for the future. And as a side comment, just as we think of the faith and faithfulness of our Christian and Jewish brothers and sisters, we should remember too the brothers and sisters of other faiths and those with no faith who responded to the call to serve. So by retelling the story of this conflict and by hearing the memories of those who were there, through music and silence, scripture and poetry, we can recall both horrors and heroism. But it shouldn't end there. Life is an onward journey and we need to continually move forward. We can be inspired to work, to strive for reconciliation, peace and justice in our families, our country and our world. We also have the hope that Jesus gives us that one day we will see a new heaven and a new earth when God himself will be with mankind. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. Amen. If we were able to sing at this point, I would be hard pressed to choose which hymn to sing. But from three hymns that I might shortlist, let me pick out some key phrases which I hope you will ponder by way of a personal response. The words attributed to St Francis come to mind. Make me a channel of your peace. Where there's despair in life, let me bring hope. Where there is darkness, let me bring your light. And, brother, sister, let me serve you. Let me be as Christ to you. We are pilgrims on a journey. We are here to help each other. I will weep when you are weeping. I will share your joy and sorrow. And, put peace into each other's hands and like a treasure hold it. In love make peace, give peace a chance, and share it like a treasure. As we draw to the end of our service today, let us turn to prayer. There are many things that we should and could pray for and about. I'm going to use the words of a hymn to give a framework to our prayers. The words and music of this hymn were composed by John Bell of the Iona community. I will pause at the end of each verse for you to pray your own prayers. What shall we pray for those who died, those on whose death our lives relied? Silenced by war but not denied, God give them peace. What shall we pray for those who mourn friendships and love 
their fruit unborn. Though years have passed, hearts still are torn. God give them peace. What shall we pray for those who live tied to the past they can't forgive, haunted by terrors they relive? God give them peace. What shall we pray for those who know nothing of war and cannot show grief or regret for friend or foe? God give them peace. What shall we pray for those who fear war in some guise may reappear, looking attractive and sincere? God give them peace. God, give us peace, and more than this, show us the path where justice is, and let us never be remiss working for peace that lasts. Amen. And together let us pray the prayer that Jesus himself taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. And we conclude our time together by saying the grace to one another. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.